Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Traveling for college hoops this year? Pro tip, stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30 plus hotels in the best college towns and get this, you can save up to 30% off with the code Doug. That's my name, Doug. Good at any graduate hotel location, anytime up to 30% off. So, here's what you do. Book your stays at graduatehotels.com. That's graduatehotels.com. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom, hanging out on a Thursday. Johnny Ramos is here just chilling. Right Music, our executive producer, having fun. Steve DeSager with us as well. Excited for a great afternoon, Ephraim, of a little football, a little hoops, and a little golf. As Ooh. Tiger Woods continues to roam the course at Carnoustie in the first round of the Open Championship. Man, what a day. What it's a exciting. Day. What a day. Tiger Woods, just to keep you up to date, just to, to give you uh, the latest of what is happening with Tiger. Tiger is currently even par through 16 holes on his first round at the Open Championship. It puts him five shots back of the lead of Kevin Kisner. So he's got two holes to play. We'll let you know how he does on those holes. He's got a birdie putt. Tiger at one point had it at two under par. But I'll admit, Ephraim, I I will get up for the Open Championship. I will wake up early, stay up late, watch as much as I can so waking up this morning on the West Coast, the East Coast, 10.20 start time for Tiger. Here on the West Coast, 7.20, no problem whatsoever to just sit back and watch Tiger Woods 
play at the Open Championship. In fact, when Tiger Woods tees off in his second round, which is going to be 5.20 Eastern time Friday morning, 2.20 out here on the West Coast, I will probably wake up as well to watch Tiger Woods because I think that there is something here this week at Carnoustie, and I don't want to miss what I think could be a very, very special weekend for Tiger Woods. Let me ask you this. If Tiger wasn't playing, would you still get up and watch? I wouldn't wake up at 2.20 in the morning. Okay. I would get up and watch early, which I have always done because I'm a golf fan, but I would not make the effort to to wake up that early to watch him play his second round. It's got to be something that is just is super special. Like for example, play last night on the Golf Channel started early Thursday morning, late Wednesday night for us here on the West Coast. So I stayed up. I watched Phil Mickelson play his first hole. Teed off at midnight, watched him play, then got this, you know, some shut-eye and watched Tiger Woods. I would get up at 6 a.m. maybe in years back and, and watch this, but I would never in the middle of the night get up to watch Tiger Woods play or any other player play. This one is different. I think this is, with everything that has gone on, I think that Tiger Woods and where he is right now, and if you were to a- a- able to win this Open Championship. Sorry, LeBron. Sorry, Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors and Spurs. It's the biggest sports story of July, and it'd be the biggest sports story of the year. Stop it. Are you it, kidding it, me? It, would, it was I, – I don't know. I don't even know what you could – I would say LeBron would be a, a second place, maybe a close second, but I don't think it would match what we would see if Tiger Woods continues to play well, finds himself in contention – and then would end up winning the Open Championship on Sunday. Ephraim, I think it would blow away the stories that we have had so far in 2018. So you're telling me Tiger Woods winning this championship in another country that comes on at odd hours of the day yes, here yes. in America is yes. going to be more of a story and more relevant than, let's say, LeBron James going to the Los Angeles Lakers. Or a Kawhi Leonard trade to another country or Manny Machado being traded to the Dodgers or Golden State winning another championship. Absolutely. Yep, you're four for four. Tigers bigger than all of them. Four for four so far. And part of the reason is from something that you said. You're saying in another country, across the pond, if you will. That's what makes this a worldwide event. We know that Tiger Woods is a worldwide brand, of course. as is LeBron James. Closer to home, his move from Cleveland to the Lakers a bigger deal, especially for those in Southern California. But worldwide, of Tiger Woods winning, it is a much bigger scale. For the LeBron situation, you had a fan base in Cleveland that left disappointed, a Lakers fan base in L.A. that was pretty excited. From what we have seen from the support of Tiger Woods since his comeback, Everybody seems to be on the side of Tiger Woods. I haven't heard anything of people rooting against Tiger no. Woods. And that's what I think is makes it even more unique is everybody is rallying around one man, and that would make it bigger than what LeBron did or a trade. I'm sorry, a trade, in, no matter how great Kawhi is or DeMar DeRozan is, a trade between the Spurs and Raptors isn't going to be bigger than Tiger Woods winning a 15th major coming back from everything that he has done in his first major in 10 years. Yeah, it's just but not. We'll be talking about the Kawhi situation long after if Woods wins this tournament and it'd be more relevant 
because you'll be like, okay, Tiger's back. Woo, he did it. Okay, boom. I can understand if it was the U.S. Open or the Masters or or one of those that us as Americans, we really – you said you were up at midnight watching someone tee off. Yes. yes. No one else was. <laughs> oh, come on. I right? disagree. Number one, I want to also suggest to you maybe getting a DVR <laughs> – Right, this you is, know you don't have is, to watch but, these things yeah. as they're going on at all hours the, of the of the the night, right? The, the problem is with the DVR because of the broadcast being so long. Like, there's really no way to catch up. Like, you can't. Yeah, but you don't even need to during the commercials. But you, you can. Like, like, you're only watching. Ti- what you've said to explain to me is you're doing this to watch Tiger. So in my mind, all you have to do is fast forward to when Tiger's up. Which is probably the best way to do it. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's it's definitely an option. But I would also you don't need to see Johnny Jackson teeing off. Uh, you don't need to see Bill Withers I, I, and and Jordan. Chris uh, Montgomery, <laughs> Jordan Speed. There you go. There's a real golfer. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe Phil. I like Phil, but you you don't need to see Rory or you know or uh, Fowler. You don't need to see any of those guys. Except for Tiger, in your words. So just DVR, and now you can control how fast you can see if he's going to make the cut or not. It, it, it is a, it is a, it is a good, good thought and a good option. I don't want to miss the Jordan Spieth action or what we would see from Phil Mickelson or Rory McIlroy. I don't want to miss that. So if I'm watching Tiger on the DVR, I'm also missing that. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to man up and get as much as I can in to to watch Tiger Woods because it's such a huge story, Ephraim. It really is. When you think of how many people counted him out, and and I was I, I was I was one of them. And I did, I think we all were. Yeah. And that is the different story. LeBron James leaving the Cavaliers and going to the Lakers for as for as unique as it is. That's a huge story. It's a huge, it's story, a huge story. But Ooh. was it surprising? No, it was uncertainty. No one knew exactly or you know, half the people were like, he's going to do it. The other half was like, oh, no, he may stay in Cleveland now, which we, I knew was never going to happen. Yeah, but there was right? Philly out yep. there. There was all kinds of scenarios out there. And once it happened, it was like the atomic bomb of sports. That's all we're talking about. And then, As- then the Kawhi saga. Like basketball right now has a stronghold on the media, even though it's over. And see, this is kind of like the – the the walking dead zone of sports right now right mob uh uh all-star game just finished it's no football there's no basketball so it's kind of like well we need things to talk about and all of that so all of this happening in basketball with the trades and and free agency is kind of helping this dead zone that we usually have prior to the uh training camp and, and preseason starting in the nfl it's provided drama and storylines that on July 19th we normally aren't talking about the NBA and having a player Absolutely not. And as good as it will feel for Tiger to win this British Open, it won't get us to training camp. That's that's what I'm basing it on. It won't propel us and we won't be satisfied enough 
with that but, win to roll us into a sport that we want to watch. Difference, difference though, between longer lasting and bigger story. Mm-hmm. Like okay. the 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 theme of LeBron, there's obviously more chapters to be written. We don't know what is going to happen in the next saga, or if you're a Star Wars fan, the next episode of what <laughs> LeBron James has. But for sheer volume and what would happen if Tiger Woods is in the lead or near the lead down the stretch, Twitter would be consumed. That is all you would see Sunday morning, early Sunday afternoon, would be watching Tiger in the thick of it because we haven't seen it. He hasn't played in the Open Championship in three years, coming off of a miscut at the U.S. Open. To see him in that in that world again, in that championship realm, if you will, is something that all of us 10 years ago took for granted. And all we want is a taste of it again. And I think it would overshadow, if he would hold the Clara Jug and win, it would overshadow LeBron's move to, to the Lakers. It would destroy the, the Raptors-Spurs trade. I'm sorry. It would be the biggest story in sports for 2018. No, I'm not going to go. It's, you know what's the biggest story? Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl. A backup not quarterback went in the Super Bowl. Not even close. There is no Nick way. Nick Foles was on his way to selling insurance or couch upholstery, reupholstering, and he wins the Super Bowl, and that's not a bigger story? Are, I, are you kidding me? A backup quarterback? Tiger Woods being on top of the world again would be the biggest story in sports, and it would leave Nick Foles in the dust. I wouldn't even – I don't even think of the Eagles championship as a top five story, like off the top of my head this year. Really? Well, I would put, I would put LeBron ahead of it. I would put I would put the Kawhi trade ahead of it. Maybe it's I mean, because we're so far removed. But think about this: the odds-on favorite to win the MVP of the NFL was Carson Wentz. He gets hurt. Mm-hmm. The Eagles still win the Super Bowl with a guy nobody wanted who was on his way out of the league. His words, not mine. I was thinking about doing something else. Maybe this just wasn't for me. If you think he goes up against Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, the great, the greatest minds and do, do, uh, quarterback coach duo that we've seen in NFL history, and he beats them in the Super Bowl, wins right. Super Bowl MVP, and he was about to be selling lawn oh. furniture. All right, I'll put it. I'll put two it the, years ago, I'll put it in the top five. You got to be kidding I'll me! That's not a top big five. story. Come on, Tiger Woods would trump it. Oh my goodness! Great. Yes, Tiger Woods. <laughs> Tiger Woods even, would trump it, that. I don't even put that in the. Come on. I, I would now that now you know like because we're at looking back, and I'm also thinking. Think about right, how you felt when that when you got on the air right after that happened. Think about the things you had to say and the excitement and and the disbelief of that actual moment and of tell Nick me that Foles doesn't – I was there. I was at the game. I It was – So it you was, was running around, screaming, no, excited, no. shirt off, I, the whole nine yards. I was in the press area just watching and wondering, okay, Tom Brady's going to come back from this. At we all point, thought that. Yeah, we all knew that was going to happen. Yeah, here's the opportunity. They left the door open. Yep. Here's the opportunity. Sack, right, fumble. I'll put it at the top five. Villanova winning a national title wouldn't break the top five. The Warriors-Rockets showdown, maybe that would be something. But if Tiger were to win this – 
this would trump everything, Ephraim. I am telling you. I am telling you it would. He's no. Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. As we're sitting in for Doug. Ephraim, if they want to reach you on Twitter, yes. where can they get you at? At Ephraim Salam. That's it. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Our good friend John Ramos. Unfortunately, no John Ramos show today, but it will return tomorrow. If you want to catch John on Twitter, it's as simple enough. JS Ramos 6 Tell him your thoughts on Nick Foles. He'd love to hear him. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and SiriusXM Channel 83. The All-Star break is now a thing of the past. Who's got the edge heading into the second half of the baseball season? We'll ask a Hall of Famer next year on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Baseball's back tonight. Cubs and Cardinals. I think it's a makeup game. I think I, I don't think that this was originally scheduled, but it's the only game on the on the ticket tonight. And then tomorrow, hey, the Manny Machado era starts with the Dodgers taking on the Brewers. As the second half of the Major League Baseball season gets underway. He's E from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. We are in for Doug Gottlieb today here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Ephraim, they can get you at over at Ephraim Salam. Yes, there it is. It's simple enough. The uh, the big story throughout the last couple of days, in addition to the All-Star game or maybe even overshadowing the All-Star game in the Home Run Derby, has been the Manny Machado deal to the Dodgers. Officially done. He'll suit it up for the blue wearing number eight starting tomorrow. As we, I don't want to say hit the home stretch because there's there's still a little ways to go. We've got a while to go, but we are past the midway point of the Major League Baseball season, and the Dodgers get the most deadly hitter available in the game, acquiring him in a trade, and he'll be in Dodger blue starting tomorrow. That's exciting. It's exciting for LA. LA's had a pretty good summer, right? Sports wise, we've oh had my a, we've, goodness, we've, we've, we've had. A, We've had a pretty good summer, right? We see uh, uh, two foundation and prominent teams, although the Dodgers had a sensational season last year. Uh, they get better. We see LeBron come to the Lakers. This is exciting. It's ex- I'm, a, I'm an L.A. guy, so I'm a Laker fan, and you know I do like the Dodgers, uh, even though my wife's side of the family are all Angels fans. Okay. So I have to say that quietly. Yeah. Say that quietly. There's there's not tons to cheer for for the Angels except maybe the play of Mike Trout, and right. that may actually make it even more frustrating because they're sitting there in fourth place with really no shot at making the postseason. It is interesting when you point out how things have gone for not just the Dodgers but for the city of L.A. There's There are a few markets that sports fans, if you're not a fan of, will never feel sorry for. <laughs> They'll never ever feel sorry for a New York team. Right. Ever it would for the Yankees, obviously not. Can't for the Mets, it's just a, a, a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. Jets and Giants in the NFL, there's never any feeling bad there, and, and nothing for the Knicks. Chicago, I would also put in that mix, but more so. Like I never feel bad for the Cubs, even though they were the lovable losers. I'm I'm not a Cubs fan, so I'll root against the Cubs. The White Sox, a little bit. The other team that I just have a hard time feel the other city have a hard time feeling bad for Philadelphia. Don't ever feel bad when the Eagles lose or when the Sixers lose or when the Phillies are bad or okay. the Flyers. Why the, is that? The, and you know why? It's their fan base because okay. their fan base is so obnoxious. And I have to say, I don't ever feel bad for any LA fans when things go bad. Huh. So, huh. so it's it's New York, Philly in L.A. and kind of Chicago for fan bases that I just don't feel bad for when things go bad because of what you just mentioned. 
when the going gets good, it gets really good, and like it has for L.A. this summer. I mean, you can't you can't fault L.A. for being on the coast and having great weather and a history of of winning. No, right? but when you see a Kawhi Leonard going to Toronto, you're like, good for Toronto. Hey, good for they got yeah, they got a not- top five, top ten caliber team. Nobody is saying. Good for the Lakers that they got LeBron James. Good for the Dodgers they got Manny Machado. No one is saying that. A lot of people are saying that. You're just not saying that. I'm saying it. But you're an L.A. fan. That's the difference. That's true. But I think the fact that LeBron goes to – and I, and, I, and I'm going to speak to NBA fans, not, not particular team fans, right, because – when you're a fan of a team, you feel a certain way about other teams' upward mobility and getting better. So I'm t- talking about NBA fans as a whole. Seeing LeBron go to the Lakers in the West makes you go, okay, what else can they put with LeBron to really go at Golden State? Because I can guarantee you that Rockets-Golden State series, the ratings were a bonanza because the Rockets were right there to unseat the Golden State Warriors. So any movement, especially in the West, will be looked up, uh, uh, upon gloriously, except for Golden State getting Boogie Cousins because the rich just get richer. Yeah. So I, I think the fact that, you know, when the Raptors trade Kawhi to L.A., then it'll intensify and people you really will like, think that's going to happen. So you have to explain to me, if you don't think it's it's going to happen, you have to explain to me why you don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen because I think they just wanted a one-year rental and they feel that this would be their year to get to the NBA Finals. I don't think that they're looking to move him for more pieces. I don't think that they liked Brandon Ingram more than the San Antonio Spurs did. I think that the Raptors look at it as like, all right, we got away from DeMar DeRozan's contract and guess what? For the time being, right now, we have got a better player and can compete with Boston and Philadelphia in the East. And they're willing to put that, knowing that their ceiling would have only been so high with DeRozan, they're really to take, willing to take the chance on the one-year deal and trying to make it to an NBA Finals next year. Now, that would have made sense, number one, if they would have just waited a couple weeks before defiring Dwayne Casey, the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Right, because when LeBron left the East, I don't think they would have fired him. He was clearly a, a tremendous coach. Toronto just couldn't get past LeBron James, so now you take him out of the Eastern Conference, and now you're like, okay. Then you acquire you you acquire Kawhi Leonard with that coaching staff intact, and I'm like, okay, now I see what you're saying. They jumped the gun, panicked, fired the coach. And I knew they were unhappy with DeMar DeRozan. They benched him in the playoffs. And that contract, they they wanted to get from out of that. But what I think is they know Kawhi won't ever sign long-term there, right? Mm-hmm. And no matter how good a player is, if he doesn't want to be somewhere, there will be effects in his game, period. Mentally, you just aren't all in. This is the God's honest truth. I've been there. I played in Jacksonville for two years. I was looking to go do something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pr- I promise. Yeah. This is year. Okay. From, this is year seven and eight for me, right? And, and I just was like, this isn't a good fit for me. I'm not enjoying this at all. So.
so I didn't. My best effort wasn't out there, and I'm I'm okay with admitting that and, and saying that it just wasn't a good fit. You think he's just going to play the 82 games to not get injured? I think he'll just play because he knows in six months he'll be able to go anywhere he wants to go. So I think Toronto knows this as well. So why not? Now they're dealing with the Lakers themselves, right? So now you can look at assets. I don't think the Lakers will give up Ingram. They like Ingram. So I don't think they'll give up Ingram. They don't have to now. Think about this. The the Lakers have more leverage now, right? Because they know Kawhi's not going to stay there. If you just gave away DeMar DeRozan, you would have to get Brandon Ingram back. Are Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma? It's not the same. It's, I, I understand, you know. but once you make a decision like that, but you limit your options. Remember why one of the reasons why Dwayne Casey was relieved of his duties because of the relationship with Demar Derozan. Right. So if you're the Toronto Raptors, like I said, you jumped a gun. Yeah. If you could go back in time, maybe you say, uh, and that's and that's what's been so intriguing about this is there are. And I just use the number as a half. There are 15 teams in the NBA that really don't have the opportunity to acquire a top five, top 10 level talent player via trade or free agency. If they have a draft pick and they land him, sure. But half the league realistically doesn't have an opportunity to bring in a Kawhi Leonard caliber player. When all of a sudden they had that opportunity, and that's what I've given them kudos for, because not only do they have an opportunity that Normally they wouldn't. They actually acted on it and seized the moment and did it, knowing if they would have known what they do now. Yeah, I don't think Dwayne Casey would have moved on. I think that they were. It wasn't about the message. It was Dwayne Casey benched our best player in Game Three of the Eastern Conference Semifinals, a game that we needed to win. How is this relationship going to work with our highest paid player? Well, we've got to get rid of the coach because you get rid of the coach and not the player not knowing that this would change in the you know the next 6 weeks for, or whatever it was i think they were completely caught off guard i think they would backtrack by it but now that you've got Kawhi there even though Dwayne Casey is there i just don't think you can get en- enough in return to your point even if Kawhi puts it on cruise control and just goes 65 the entire 82 games of the season it's not going to make a mark not with boston not with uh philadelphia the way you're not going to make a mark not with indiana right so as a businessman, as a GM, as an owner, do you have an asset that you're going to lose in six months, right? So if they mm-hmm. roll this out and they don't make the NBA Finals, right, it's a high probability that they won't with that current roster, with Kawhi, with that current roster, and a new head coach. High probability? It's a high probability. Uh, the Boston Celtics are five times better than the Toronto Raptors. The Philadelphia 76ers will be three to four times better than the Toronto Raptors. Okay, I wouldn't give you that much, but I'll put them in the conversation. Yeah, right. okay. So out of those three teams, the top three, don't forget about Indiana, right? Everybody's overlooking Indiana. Yeah, I really like the Pacers. Right? Yeah. So it's not like, okay, we have a real legitimate shot with Kawhi Leonard to go to the NBA Finals in the East. They don't. So with that, I, it, it helps your chances. It helps your chances. But remember, Kawhi Leonard is not all in. Matter of fact, he's pissed off. Not only, it's like he got deported. Hey. Right? He went the furthest team you can go, get to away from Los Angeles 
into another country, right? Mental makeup of, of athletes mean something. So I'm telling you, if it's not going well, by February, there will be some movement in terms of a, some type of deal between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Toronto Raptors. You've heard the prosecution. The defense comes up next on why Kawhi and Toronto are a match made in heaven. He's from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'll tell you why it's a match made in heaven after Steve DeSager gives us the latest on how Tiger fared to the first round of the Open Championship. Yeah, Hello, they're Steve. near. Hello, they're nearing the end of the first round, and Woods has finished up his first round at Carnoustie in Scotland with an even par 71. That puts him in a tie for 33rd place. The leader... American Kevin Kisner, a 5-under 66, a one-stroke advantage for him. Rory McIlroy shot 69. He's in the top 10, tied for 8th place. Ricky Fowler tied for 18th. He shot a 1-under 70. Woods at 71. Jordan Spieth with a 72. He dropped four shots the last four holes today. Phil Mickelson with a 2-over 73. He's tied for 75th place. And at the British Open, the number one ranked golfer in the world, Dustin Johnson of the U.S., shot a 5-over 76. Brittany Linscombe update in a moment. The Indians acquired all-star closer Brad Hand from the Padres. The Falcons told wide receiver Julio Jones he will not be getting a raise in salary. Atlanta's report date for training camp is about a week away. He was informed after last month's mandatory minicamp, a camp that he skipped. The Bears reported to camp today since they're in the Hall of Fame game August 2nd against the Ravens, who reported yesterday. The Boston Celtics re-signed guard Marcus Smart, reportedly four years, $52 million. He met with the team in Boston today. And, guys, we have a woman playing on the men's tour. There is a PGA event going on while the British Open is overseas. It's an event in Kentucky. Brittany Linscombe is the fifth female golfer ever to play in a PGA Tour event. Michelle, we did a decade ago. So how did Linscombe do? Well, not that great. First round 78 in Kentucky. She's 13 shots back of the leader, the dreaded Andres Romero, who shot a 7 under 65. Well, she did t- tie Frank Licklight of the second. That is that is what she. But hey, 78. This is we got to talk about this in the press later on in the show. Can you mark that down, Steve? We'll, Marking. Uh, yes, we will mark that down. That's Steve DeSager. I'm Dan Beyer. He's E from Salam. We are in for Doug Gottlieb today on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app at SiriusXM Channel 83 and tweet us. Get Ephraim at Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Beyer on Fox. We've already gotten response from the Kawhi Leonard saga with the Toronto Raptors as Ephraim does not believe that Kawhi Leonard will be all in for Toronto as he'll just want to bide his time till he becomes a free agent and not give all to the Raptors. I look at it as a, a different spot. I don't know if the Celtics have a more than 50% chance of going to the NBA Finals. I think they're going to be the best team in the East with Kyrie Irving healthy and Gordon they Hayward back. They definitely have okay. more than the 50% chance. But you also have to account for, and I know that those two pieces weren't there, you you do have to account for Joel Embiid getting better, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons I- yep. improving, J.J. Redick is back. I do think that the Sixers lost some pieces. Boston's going to be the best team in the East. I, I would say that. But I, I don't – when I look at Toronto – I do think that Kawhi being there, and I do think that Kawhi will play. I really don't think that the situation for him in a weird way is a lose situation because if Toronto fails, I think a lot of it then just goes on, oh, Kyle Lowry and the rest of those guys aren't that good. I mean, if Kawhi Leonard can go there and they still can't win, maybe we're really overvaluing what the Raptors are. 
And this is why the relationship is going to work, Ephraim. This is why the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard are going to work. They were both in relationships. They were in relationships, the Raptors with DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard with the San Antonio Spurs, long relationships that, let's be honest, nasty breakups. Nasty breakups left a bad taste in the mouth of of Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs. Raptors, in in going back of their word of of trading DeMar DeRozan, just not good situations. Mm -hmm. In real life, when you have a bad breakup, you know what you, you don't want to do? You don't want to go in and find the partner that you want to be with for the rest of your life. You got to just go back out and start dating. You got to have that rebound. You got to go out, feel things out, remember what you like, what you don't like, how you want to proceed. That is why Kawhi and the Toronto Raptors will work out because they're each other's rebound. Okay. Kawhi Leonard has an opportunity to remake his image to turn things around, to, and I'll use this lame phrase, fall in love with basketball again, and the Toronto Raptors will have an opportunity to be like, okay, we've got a top 10 player. Let's see where our franchise is going to go after this maybe wild night or one night stand. Who knows what it's going to be, but they both need to rebound from their awful breakups, and they are good for each other in that way, and that's why if they go in with the understanding of Kawhi saying, I'm only going to be here for a year, and the Raptors say, we only know, we know you're only going to be here for a year, so let's just make it the best year possible, I think that works out both ways for the Raptors and for Kawhi Leonard. Well, when you get out of, rela- of a relationship, the one thing you don't want to do, right, you know what you like and what you don't like, right? So the one thing you don't want to do is go to the club or to the library or to the grocery store, wherever it is that you meet or swipe left or right, and you're not going to pick what you consider to be the ugly girl to date just to get your mojo back. It's not going to happen, right? You're going to raise your levels like, okay, well, I'm not going to go backwards. If I was dating a eight or seven, uh, you know, a, a nine, I'm not going to go date a four and a five to make – it doesn't work like that. To Kawhi Leonard, Toronto's a four or a five. You don't date down after you've been heartbroken. Well, okay. Now, you, would you agree with that? I, I think that Kawhi is trying to look at the 10 that is the Lakers and feels that he was with a, you know, she was really nice girl in seven. San Antonio. She was seven, good attitude, yeah. you know, cooked. Yeah. You know. <laughs> cooked. Yeah, there was a yeah. There was there were there were a lot of there were a lot of positives. I, I, Great positive. I have, a, I have a, We just I have argued. A, we didn't get along. We weren't on the same page. I have a buddy who you know tells me, hey, you know, she's a good girl. You know, so I'm still with her. So that's <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's what I that's what I think that Kawhi looks back at the Spurs and maybe she did something that he didn't like and he's just like, all right, I I, I got to get away with this. Got got to get away from this. I don't think he looks at. San Antonio as a 10 or a 9. I think he's hoping he'd love to to land the supermodel that's in the VIP right, like section. What... But, I mean, for the time being, why not just go out and have some fun on a rebound and then move on and go your separate ways with can no you, strings attached. Can you attached. have fun with a 4, though? I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're a 4. I think they're a 6. No. Yeah. they're yeah. In the, Okay, you know, what, you know what happens in Toronto that doesn't happen in Los Angeles? It snows in the winter. Okay, right. So that seems, when you when Kawhi apparently okay. stayed in his hotel room during the All Star game, that was a Rick yes. Bucher report because yes. he didn't want to go outside because he hates the cold. Right. So imagine living and working in that. That matters. Trust me. I played one unfortunate year in Detroit. Right. 
And when I tell you, <laughs> I was uh, like, and I have to, I had a beautiful, I lived up in Birmingham, uh, uh, Michigan. It was beautiful, beautiful up there. It, it was awesome. It was, I had everything, everything was, but I still had to get in the car and drive through the slosh and the potholes in the city. And it was miserable. That matters to players, their families, their, their, their support them. All of that matters. And what I'm telling you is, as professional as Kawhi Leonard is, we've seen a little bit of crack in professionalism about the way he handled the San Antonio thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's there. It's not like he's been buttoned up the whole time. And he's yeah, he just, It's there. And when you're fractured, when you're coming off a fractured situation and you go to a situation you don't want to be in, mentally it's tough to put the things behind you. I'm telling you, as a professional athlete, these things matter. Because after the games, right, you go out, you score 40, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. You have to come home. And you sit at home and you shovel the driveway to get in and out of your home. And you sit there and you're like, oh, my God, I guess I'll go to Devin Buster's. <laughs> Come on, Toronto's got nice places. They got there's they got, not enough. They can stay in the city. I've never been to Toronto. I've heard great. It's things. beautiful. It's wonderful, but it's not enough Drake hospitality to make Kawhi want to be in Toronto. Hey, you know what I say? You know, use each other and then go your separate ways. I think that's how you make it work with Kawhi in the Toronto Raptors. He's E from Salam. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and find us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. Get Ephraim at Ephraim Salam. What Super Bowl champion quarterback sits on the hot seat? We'll tell you next. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I'm Dan Byer. That's Ephraim Salam, who thinks Kawhi is going to co-wit for the Toronto Raptors. Is that is that what a perfect, maybe a, a way to put it? I thought no, it was a perfect transition. No, I never said anything about quitting. Right? Uh, he'll go okay. out and he'll play. Carew's control. How about that? <laughs> and he'll just put That's the, better. Kawhi, will, Kawhi put the will be on Carew's. On. Right. One, That's better. <laughs> one guy who doesn't quit or put it on cruise control is our good friend Steve DeSega. This is game time. Game on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Ibram, Steve brings us a game at oh. uh, this time of the show. All right. Usually I'm in Steve's spot and Doug is here, but we've got some role reversal today. So Steve is the one presenting the game. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon once again. So it's my turn to say, John, game. Guess who? Ah, uh, just guess a sec. Who? I got a question quickly. John, what game are we playing? Guess who? All right. There it is. <laughs> guess who? Uh, everything has to be produced here. I'll give you a storyline, <laughs> and you guess who we're talking about. Right. So, number one, NFL, guess who did some extra work with his receiving core this offseason? For the first time in 2011, there were stories that he'd promised this at the end of minicamp. He and several of his receivers and tight ends met a couple times last week, apparently, at a park across the street from the team's athletic performance center. Oh, who did extra work? Do you know this? Uh, you a- it would have to be Eli Manning. Okay. No. Nope. It is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Oh, interesting. I'm going to say Tom Brady. 
Nope. Oh, jeez. It is Joe Flacco. Oh, oh of Lord. course. The is early start time. <laughs> of course, he, they didn't publicize still, the media. not for long. There were some questions oh. as to whether it happened. Apparently, it did happen. All, all they all they did was... Uh, <laughs> they need to be living together. Him and his receiving core and the running backs and offensive line, they all need to get a cabin and live together because, goodness gracious. Word, word has it they actually got together at a park and watched Justin Tucker kick field goals. That's <laughs> that's what they did. That's the offense. Yeah, to prepare for the upcoming season. Story two, guess who defended Terrell Owens' decision to not attend the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony last night at the ESPYs? I'm, I I. No idea, because I did not watch. Do you know? Uh, no, I don't, but what? Let me guess. Tony Romo? Well, nope. Yeah. It's a trick question from our beloved producer. Oh. It's, it's Terrell Owens. Oh, <laughs> interesting. interesting. He argued the criticism to him stems from attacks on his reputation, not his character. He said did, it's always unfortunate. People have a lot to say when someone does something different, but what I'm doing is not wrong. Uh, he actually was nominated for Worst Decision. Terrell Owens. He, <laughs> Is that he, one of the categories? Yeah, he didn't really? win. He lost out to Golden State for signing Boogie Cousins. They hey, won worst decision. Hey, really? Yeah, hey. awful decision. Stay Even. in the NBA with this one. Guess who the league thinks, in the league, thinks oh. they don't pay players to play defense. That was his exact quote yesterday. It came oh, on a I know Chicago this. I know radio this station. One. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do Chicago wanna, radio. Do you, do you want to give this away? Yeah, I, I, yeah uh, Jabari Parker. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Known so much for his defense, of course. No, as he puts it, I just stick to my strengths. Look at everybody in the league, he says. They don't pay players to play defense. He says there's only two people historically that play defense. I have no idea what he's talking about. I'm not going to say I won't, but to say that's a weakness is like saying that's everybody's weakness. He says I've scored 20 and 30 points on guys that say they play defense. What's the net gain when you're Jabari Parker and who you're guarding, right? I mean, right. isn't that the – is it? Hey, yeah, you may score 20 or 30, but like if you're giving up 40. Yeah. 20 or 30 <laughs> yes, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do apparently pay people for bad knees, though. We found out <laughs> for the Chicago Bulls. Hey, as a Bucks fan, I feel scorned. You know, that supposed two-year $40 million contract, it should be like those pitchers get with all the performance incentives, you know, if you get right. so many starts or innings pitched, because you're not getting the games he, in his Milwaukee He turned out 18 mil per year from Milwaukee. Okay, I'm sorry. What's what's $2 million in 90 minutes north of Chicago? Big deal. Mm. Uh, guess who has recorded over $60 million worth of merchandise sales since a star just joined their team this month? A hint. Uh, I, actually, you don't even need to give a hint. Yes. We know it's not Manny Machado because nobody buys baseball jerseys <laughs> right. not anymore. True. Yes. It's the, definitely the Lakers. No, no. It's Ronaldo. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Ronaldo. The hint is it's in Europe. He's moved from Real Madrid to Juventus, a team that's won the last seven titles in Serie A and Italy. And apparently the transfer fee was over $100 million. Well, in the first 24 hours, Juventus sold over 500,000 Ronaldo jerseys. Wow. So according to Business Insider... 10 to 15% of Adidas sales go to the club itself. So they got a cool six to nine million bucks in 24 hours mm. on Ronaldo jerseys. Wow. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Do you know that Manchester United and their new kits have unveiled a shoulder sleeve sponsor? Really? Yes. Yeah, so there's now a shoulder sleeve that will be big. Yeah, watch the NBA. They're going to add sleeves. They're going to go I'm with the sure. full sleeves to do that. Hey, 
How good is Tiger at Carnoustie? We'll tell you next here on Fox. We are sitting side by side, although we are miles apart when it comes to Kawhi Leonard status <laughs> with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, we will discuss that and a whole bunch more. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Thursday where the first round of the Open Championship at Carnoustie just wrapping up, and it has been a long day. The, the the coverage of the Open Championship goes over 14 hours on the Golf Channel. But we hope to go live to Carnoustie in just a little bit to get the latest on what is happening. If you missed maybe the latest with Steve or you didn't hear how Tiger Woods did today, an even par round of 71 puts him right now in a tie for 32nd place, five shots back of the lead through 18 holes of the Open Championship, a tournament that he hasn't played in the last three years. But while Tiger isn't on the leaderboard, at least Ephraim, he is close by and within striking distance to do some damage over the next, hopefully for Tiger, three days. It'd be great. It'd be great for the sport. Uh, it'd be great for you. You're the uh, one waking up at odd hours <laughs> yeah. to, to just watch Tiger morning. play. Sure. Uh, I get it, and I'm a Tiger fan. I'd like to see him win and get back to his winning ways uh, and approach being one of the, or if not the greatest golfer to ever play. He's already one of them. So I'd like to see him get back to his glory days because he's still relatively young when it comes to playing golf. When you look at the leaderboard, you would say, oh, if Tiger's five shots back, what are the other big names that are up there? Not too many. So like the, the Dustin Johnsons of the world. Dustin Johnson ended up at plus five. Rory McIlroy's name is there. John Rahm's name is there. Justin Thomas's name is there. They're all at two under par. So Tiger around today where he did have opportunities to uh, maybe missing a couple of short putts here or there. But overall, I would say a solid round of even par for Tiger Woods in the first round of the Open Championship. Again, we hope to go to Carnoustie in just a little bit and get a recap of what happened on day one. News from the NFL, training camps opening, Ravens and Bears hitting the practice field. Look, quick question, and I like to ask this about former NFL players. Mm-hmm. What is it like Ugh. the day before training camp, the week before training camp starts? <sighs> is it is it a back-to-school sort of feel for kids <laughs> in, in the summer that so many of us, most everyone experienced right. of the last week of summer vacation? What's the final week heading into training camp? It like? depends on where you, and it has a lot to do. Oh, it depends on where you are in your career, right? So, if you're young in your career, it's nerves and excitement, right? It's like, oh my god, whew, training camp is gonna start. It's like, oh man, I hope I go out there and you know do my thing. I just want to do my thing. Yeah, you know, right? I just want to do my thing. I want to stay healthy and yada yada. The older you get, though, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Like year five, year six, seven. Once you get to like eight and nine, it's like, oh my God, do I really have to do this? What, what? It's like you hold on to that last week. That last week, the anxiety starts to set in, right? Because you're, you realize you haven't had a summer since you were a child, mm-hmm. right? Like you haven't had a yeah. full summer since you were a child. Uh, so it's like, oh man, let, let me get it all in right now. What I used to do is two weeks before training camp started, I went and, and, traveled or did something that was so fun that the memory of that would carry me through training camp. <laughs> I would just reflect back <laughs> to whatever that that thing that I was doing two weeks prior when I was sitting in meetings and it's 10 o'clock at night and you're going over the same plays. 
that you've been going over for the last five years. <laughs> and I was just like, it is just so tedious. And oh, it, it, it's a grind. It's a grind. Training camp is a grind. Now, what I, what I did after year eight was I never did, or after year seven, I never had two a days again. You were done? So that was completely out of my, it was in my contract that I did not do two a days. So I knew the uh, mor- the morning practice, get up, give give you everything you needed, afternoon, recover, study, relax. What about dorms or like oh. when, and when you're getting when you're when you're a veteran, yes. Is uh, do you become more more seasoned on what you should bring or shouldn't bring oh, yeah, or yeah. do rookies like just bring everything and Ro- realize that they don't need Rookies bring everything. Veterans bring more than the rookies. <laughs> All right, the rookies bring it all. Rookies bring bring it all. Veterans bring every. We had guys bringing portable Direct TV satellites, (laughs) right? (laughs) And hoping their dorm faces southwest. Water beds, (laughs) like this. This this is real. Like the the dorms, they would move all the furniture out of the dorm and bring their own furniture in. Seventy inch. Uh, flat screen televisions, hanging them on the wall with the every single game console you have. Because once you're a veteran, you spend less time studying your playbook. The plays have not changed. You're going against your own defense that you've been going against for however long, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you got a lot of downtime. When the young guys are studying the playbooks and watching film, you're playing Madden. Or NBA 2K, or Destiny, or Halo, or now Fortnite. That's where you're spending the most of your time and watching movies and sneaking people into the dorms, all of that type of stuff. The older you get, it's it just like an ends to a means. We got to go through this to get to the season. I just don't want to get hurt. Julio Jones is looking for more money from the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons say, well, that's not going to happen. (laughs) So now Julio Jones has a dilemma to, I guess, on his hands, if you will, sit out or show up at training camp. He's got two years left on his deal. The Falcons have a policy, and and I I don't mean to use air quotes on policy and mean it in a mocking way, but it's not like it's a written thing that says, we will only negotiate entering the final year of a contract, but their policy is they – won't talk extension or won't talk more money with a player until they are about to enter their final year of their contract. Julio has got two left, making about $10 million per year. When you look at the average salary of an NFL wide receiver, he would be, I guess, in in, in the sense, below market value with Mike Evans getting about 16.5, Antonio Brown at $17 million being the top. If you're Julio Jones, does he does he need to show up for training camp does is he at the point where you still should do it for a team that was close to knocking off the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional playoffs? How does his how should he play it out, and how does his absence, if it is there, affect the Atlanta Falcons? Well, he's got to go to training camp, right? You can't posture like this with two years left on a deal. He just did a deal, right? So mm-hmm. you got to you you, you got missing training camp and OTAs. Okay, it, it is what it is. But once we get to training camp. You got to show up. They're not going to give you a deal. So all you're doing is hurting yourself in terms of getting yourself prepared to play. Right? Yeah. So you must be prepared to play. So you got to get to training camp. Not doing all of the ancillary stuff in the offseason. You can work out at home and do your own thing. 
But when training camp starts, you got to get to training camp because you won't get a new deal. You're not holding out for a new deal, right? So you'll show up if you want to miss training camp and you'll come in the week before the regular season and your risk of injury shoots through the roof. It raises exponentially. And and you don't want that to happen, right? You don't want to pull a hamstring, a quad. You want to be in tip-top shape going into the season. So him coming to training camp, it, it shouldn't even be an option whether he does it or not. I don't know if – and I, and I've said this, and I don't want it to, to, to sound bad. I just don't know how – he's Julio Jones. Right. But I just think that team of, of – it's great to have him. I just don't know if it's worth paying him. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. But, you know, you want to pay him. He's the best receiver, one of the best receivers in the NFL, so you want to play, pay market value when he's up, right? One year left on the deal, okay, we can give you an extension. But prior to that, you're not going to – NFL teams are not going to be held hostage, right? Mm-hmm. Not when they give you the deal you want and then you, you're unhappy with it. That's why Aaron Rodgers wants a player option yeah. in his deal. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. How I know, about I, that? I know in a couple years the, the money's going to go up. I want a player option. Period, or just put percent uh, elevators in it, right? So if you get to, if you have this milestone, right? If you lead the league in receiving, or if you're one of the top three, the, and salaries go up, then we'll increase your salary by yada yada yada. The Julio Jones salary, I'm sure, is what he would like. Would be sixteen million dollars a year, and we're just coming off of a Le'Veon Bell contract situation. Mm-hmm. Devontae Freeman is actually one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL, making a little more than eight million dollars. Just looking in that Falcons window, it's tough for me to think that Julio Jones is is two times more important than Devontae Freeman is. Not on that team. Yeah, yeah. Not in, on that in that, team. In that Falcons right. window, it just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. You can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. Ephraim, they can get you at? At Ephraim Salam. It's as simple as that. One NFL wide receiver says his playoff team's hopes of going to a Super Bowl may be coming to an end. You'll want to hear from this All-Pro coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. That is Ephraim Salam. Bottom of the hour, we'll go live to Carnoustie and get an update on what happened to the first round of the Open Championship as Tiger Woods is in the hunt. Glad to have you with us. We are in for Doug today. You can reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. You can get Ephraim at Ephraim Salam. And no John Ramos show today. It's going to actually be around tomorrow. So for those of you waiting, if you still want to tweet ideas, you can always send them to John at JSRamos06. Antonio Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers will be reporting to Latrobe, Pennsylvania, for training camp very soon. And the Steelers have been in the news this week, but it really hasn't been Antonio Brown-related if you want to take away the Madden cover. It's been more about Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell did not get a long-term deal from the Pittsburgh Steelers, so now he will play the 2018 season under the franchise tag. Now, Brown, speaking about the situation in regard to Le'Veon Bell, said I'm going to have a great or he's going to have a great season. He's the ultimate competitor, one of the greatest running backs in the NFL. I don't think his success will take a hit or anything. But Le'Veon Bell also started to talk about the goals of the Pittsburgh Steelers entering the 2018 season. And when asked what would be a successful season, he said Super Bowl, that's it. 
Brown went on to say, I feel like that window of opportunity is getting smaller and smaller. Every year we get close right there, not quite getting over the hump. Now is the time. Absolutely. This moment has to be the moment. Now, I get it. I I, I get every single year for an NFL player is a year closer <laughs> to retirement yeah. and, a, and another year that has gone by. But for Antonio Brown to say this, with everything that has gone on, and it's not just Le'Veon Bell's future that's in the air, it's also Ben Roethlisberger's future that's in the air, and maybe maybe not Mike Tomlin's future in the air. Who knows? The Steelers have been pretty loyal to their head coaches throughout time, so I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt. But specifically on Bell and Ben, I think that's where Antonio Brown's comments are coming from. It's that you, what for what we have got in Pittsburgh – we don't know if Lamion's going to be here in 2019. We don't know if Ben's going to be here in 2019 or 2020. That, that that window is based on the shoulders of two guys, and they have no idea what their future is going to hold. Right, and the main guy, not so much Le'Veon Bell, it's Ben Roethlisberger. We came off a season last year where uh, early in the season he threw out there to the media his words, not ours, that maybe I don't have it anymore, right? He bounces back, and he has a – Phenomenal year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got cheated in the playoffs <laughs> against and, Jacksonville or uh, with, with the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and well, I, I just think more so for Ben. No one really knows how much more Ben has left. Right? We thought, okay, well, when a guy starts talking about doing something else, then that means they want to go do something else, right? Like Peyton Manning and and you you still have a 40-year-old Tom Brady, you know, locked yeah. in. Once you start saying things like, uh, maybe I don't have it anymore, then you've come to terms with maybe retiring or, or moving on. And I think Antonio Brown is alluding to, look, this is our best shot coming up. Don't know what's going to happen with Ben. Le'Veon is unhappy. We got to make it happen now. Then and and now is their time. I mean, obviously, when you have the talent, the, the the talent level of those players, yeah, every single year you go into with that trio, you should have a shot at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The point that I think with Ben that is that has always been the case is, as you said, he went and said, "I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I'm not sure." And, and a couple of years ago, it was, "I don't know what what the future holds." And then all of a sudden you draft Mason Rudolph and he's like, well, I plan to be here for the next 10 years. <laughs> right. You know, like, like, right. like it's such a, it's such an attention thing with Ben yeah. that I, I, and maybe Antonio Brown is even saying, you know, with the Steelers, who knows, maybe they'll make up their own mind. Roethlisberger's got a couple of years left on, on his current deal can under contract through the 2019 season, but with, with this, this window being closed, it's, it's not on his shoulders. It, wait, uh, let me take that back. It may be a little bit, and I'll just say this. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster came out and joked around and said, heck, I'll give Le'Veon Bell $2 million to to stay in, in Pittsburgh. You know, I'll give him $2 million if he wants to stay around. Right. Antonio Brown's the highest-paid wide receiver in the National Football League. And when we look at quarterbacks and, and the money that they make and we say, well, geez, a quarterback's legacy is put on the line with with what they've uh, what they do with success of Super Bowl rings – that's how we judge them. It's how we judge Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. Should Antonio Brown, it's not going to happen, 
but be, being the highest paid wide receiver, I mean, like we our window's closing. Maybe if a little of that Antonio Brown money was set aside for Le'Veon Bell, the Steelers wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, but that's not his responsibility. Yeah. He's not going to be like, hey, don't give me my market value. <laughs> yeah. I, I <laughs> Right? It, it That type of thing, and it was good for, you know, uh, Juju to say those sentiments, right? Yeah. But he doesn't really mean it, right? Because if they came to him, it's like, hey, okay, we're going to take $2 million of your base salary for Le'Veon Bell, that his agent would never go. He wouldn't go for that. It, it sounds good in theory, but look, Antonio Brown's like, look, I make my money, pay him his money. The value of a running back isn't what it, it used to be. Is it a double standard, though, if, if, if we are expecting quarterbacks to take pay cuts to be around them? Or is it just for the simple fact that they're— Do we expect quarterbacks to take pay cuts? I think when we see a quarterback that hasn't won mm-hmm. and is getting a, a lot of money and we are questioning their legacy, we're like, well, you know what? All their all your cap room is tied up in your contract. It never happens. You don't think so? Who takes pay cuts at quarterback position? Tom Brady did. You can't count him in any of these situations, <laughs> okay. right? That's its own entity. That relationship that he has with Mr. Draft and Belichick, which is now fractured – but that's not like no one's giving money back, right? No one's handing money back. Drew Brees took a lesser deal, right. you know, and and he's not Drew Brees that he once was, and maybe wasn't asked of him, but he probably could have commanded whatever he wanted, but realized it probably wasn't going to be in the best interest of him staying in New Orleans, right? So you have to make that decision when it when it when it comes to that, right? But. If your market value as a quarterback, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't like, hey, uh, you know what? Shave $10 million off of this so we can – no. We're not, we're not doing that, right? It's up to organizations to work the salary cap and put themselves in the best position. We know the one position you need in this league to win. That's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you have a quarterback yeah. – with talent, who you think can possibly make it to that second tier of quarterback, and then to the third tier, and then to elite, then you pay him. That's what that's what the market value is. Antonio Brown would never, if the Steelers win no. Super Bowl Fifty Three, would never get the credit for winning it. And 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 that's no, where and that's not. where no. I think that it goes. And that's like the trade off is you talk about or you talk about. A, a tax that a certain player has to deal with coming with their stature. Mm-hmm. Everything has a price. Everything has a cost. Quarterback legacy is one. I just, I, I figured I would throw it out there just because if he's talking about a window, talking about a closing, he is getting paid $17 million per year, and if the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have a quarterback, the level of Ben Roethlisberger, or if Ben Roethlisberger moves on, it's going to be an awful way to spend $17 million a year if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. It will be terrible. And the fact that they drafted a young quarterback, Ben has changed his tune and and, and, and wanting yeah, to – Yeah, he wants to be wanted. He wants to be wanted. And, and I get it because when you talk about elite quarterbacks and top quarterbacks, two quarterbacks get held out of that conversation a lot, and it's been like that over the years. Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. We talk about the Manning. We talk about uh, the Aaron Rodgers. We talk about uh, um, Tom Brady. We talk about all these quarterbacks, and Ben feels like 
he doesn't get his due. I know for a fact that we don't talk about Drew Brees, and he is one of the, if not the most prolific passer we've had in this game. He has nine quarterback records. Mm-hmm. Right? No one talks about Drew Brees because he's 5'11", 5'10", and he just doesn't command the stage like a Brady or a Manning or an Aaron Rodgers. Do you think it's the brand of the of the Packers brand, mm-hmm. the Giants brand? And I and I don't. Yeah, we say talk a, more about Eli than we do about Breeze? Ben Roethlisberger yeah. or Breeze, which is ridiculous. They're not even the same class. Yeah, I, I I mean Ben is going to be a Hall of Famer. I do look back at Ben's career of getting that first Super Bowl where they won against the Seahawks almost in spite of Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> but the second one against the Arizona Cardinals was all him and the game-winning drive and the yep. game-winning touchdown. And Yeah, there's 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 a lot. To, it's funny how we look at the quarterbacks with the one Super Bowl win. because And I think Aaron Rodgers' comments earlier this week were very front office driven of like, I want to play till I'm 40 when he told Peter King, and it mm-hmm. used to be into my 40s. And I think he's trying to say that window is closed. But we do look at Breeze differently. We do look at Roethlisberger differently. Even though he's got two rings, Rogers still has one. Eli's got two. Different different way to look. Right. Window, by the way, is closing in Pittsburgh, and they better do something about that defense. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. So does Tiger Woods realistically have a chance to claim the Clara Jug at Carnoustie? We'll go live to the Open Championship after Steve DeSager gives us the latest on some of the scores and what else is happening in the world of sports. Good afternoon again. Well, does he? Well, each of the last nine Open Champions shot in the 60s for their first-round scores. Tiger Woods shot 71, even par today at Carnoustie in Scotland. So he's tied for 32nd place, tied with Adam Scott, Jason Day, and others. And American Kevin Kisner leads by one stroke after a 5-under 66. Only 22 putts in his first round. American American Tony Fino is one back after a 67. Rory McIlroy at two under 69. Justin Thomas of the U.S., ranked number two in the world, also shot 69. Ricky Fowler with a 70. Phil Mickelson, 73. And number one ranked Dustin Johnson, a 76 today, including a triple bogey on his final hole of the first round. The Indians acquired all-star closer Brad Hand from the Padres. The Oakland A's release pitcher Santiago Casilla. Mets outfielder Ioannis Cespedes could return from the DL on Friday. Most of major League Baseball is still on All-Star break. There is one game tonight. It's Cardinals at Cubs, and they also this weekend have a makeup game, a day game Saturday at Wrigley, so that's going to make this a five-game series in Chicago. The Falcons told wide receiver Julio Jones he will not be getting a raise in salary. Atlanta's report date for training camp is about a week away, and the Celtics re-sign guard Marcus Smart. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Easy from Salama. I'm Dan Beyer. As Steve mentioned, the first round of the Open Championship has a bow on it. We now look ahead to the second round, which will take place Friday at Carnoustie. Tiger Woods, as you heard, five shots back of the lead as he is at even par after a 71 today. This was Tiger with the Golf Channel after his round of 71 earlier. I thought I, I played a pretty solid round, and unfortunately I didn't take care, take care of both par fives, and I hit eight iron to both of them and uh, made par on both of those and had a little three-wiggle there on, on 13, so eh, the, the round certainly could have been a little bit better. What was interesting about Tiger's round, Ephraim, wasn't maybe what went on during the four or five hours when he was on the course. It was what we saw right before he was about to tee off as he warmed up the the tape because he had a bad night's sleep so he had the medical tape on his neck and this is 
this is now something that 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 I've I've thought for a while that when we look at Tiger trying to make his comeback, it could be derailed by something like a bad night's sleep, yep. just because of of where he is at at 42 years old and now dealing with the the multiple back surgeries and now back problems. This could be more than a common occurrence for Tiger Woods in his majors career. My question is, how do you have a bad night's sleep? When you've amassed the, the fortune and, and wealth that he's amassed, shouldn't you travel with your own mattress or bed or the, the proper pillow or something? Would you ever, if, it's, if, it's, <laughs> if your body is that sensitive to something, like a new hotel mattress or, or the wrong type of mm-hmm. pillow, wouldn't you take it upon yourself to make sure wherever you were staying, the bed you needed was delivered to that place? Well, you know, we were just having a conversation off air of when you're a veteran player in the NFL and you've got a lot of money when you go to a you know training camp and you can do a bunch of different things. The uh, the the pockets there's there's no expense. You talked about filling a dorm room when yes. you know with a 70 inch TV and a waterbed. Heck, Tiger Woods brought his yacht to the U.S. Open so right. he could sleep on the yacht. You would think that someone of Tiger Woods' ilk would be able to bring a bed over. But I will say this. I have got a great bed. We bought a new bed recently within the last, I don't know, four to five months. I've had maybe about three nights of bad sleep, but it happens. Mm-hmm. It, it does happen. And I have you know, haven't, knock on wood, have any back surgeries. Tiger Woods has had four of them. Right. So this is a part of it. So even if it is his bed, it could be an issue for him going forward. You're right, and I wouldn't leave it up to chance. I can tell you that. If I knew that sleeping on the Ritz-Carlton pillow would possibly, <laughs> you know, jar my neck, then I'm having pillows and mattresses flown in from the heavens and and and, <laughs> and cascade down into the room wherever I was staying. I can tell you that. You drive around Scotland looking for that Serta store. Or yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that, that Tempur-Pedic. That's what you would have. I mean, that's with with looking at at Tiger Woods. It's such a it's such a crapshoot now that I still think even with everything lined up, there's now more of a chance of what Tiger Woods uh, has to go for him, even if everything is going right. So this is, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where where it's now a variable that you didn't have to deal with with Tiger Woods in the first 14 years or the first 14 grand major championship wins. But now at 42, following the back surgeries, it's something you're going to have to deal with. There was some other controversy involving Tiger Woods. He was asked about a situation at the end of a practice round yesterday where a video emerged showing Tiger ignoring kids who wanted autographs and Tiger said, I signed on the way out to the driving range. He just didn't sign on the way back in and said, listen, I, I, I can't sign all the time, but right. I went in, got criticized for not signing as he got done. Is there any leeway here with Tiger in that for signing autographs, or is it just this tax that we talk about? And they even talked about it on the Golf Channel earlier this week of of dealing with fans and talking with fans is is this fair to 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 criticize Tiger Woods about? Well, everything's up for grabs. Like if if you're going into your session and you're focused on practicing and getting your work done, then I don't have a problem with you foregoing the autographs. If those children or whoever the fans are, if they're there afterwards and you're done with your work for the day, then you come out and you sign autographs like he said he did. 
I don't have a problem with that, and we shouldn't criticize people for that because everybody has their own way they prepare for something, mm-hmm. right? Going into games, I wasn't in the mind frame, in the mindset to sign autographs. When I came into that stadium, I was preparing myself to play. But afterwards, I would go down the line and I would sign as many autographs as I could until I got to the car. That's just the way I did it. Right, so you can't fault me for not signing going into work. Yeah. Right, and yeah. It, it, you just not, that's not fair to athletes because now you're you're knocking them in their process, and the criticism can make them change the process that makes them feel comfortable going into something. And I don't like that. I don't agree with that at all. True, uh, and, and this is this is an honest question. I've always wondered: do do athletes get offended when the person doesn't know who you are, but they know you play football? Like if they say, "Can I have a picture?" and then they go, "Who are you?" or the, the I mean, autograph rude. It's is rude. Yeah, yeah. I've always felt that I mean, way it as is well. Rude. Like I would, if I didn't know who the person was, I wouldn't just get the picture and then ask or get the autograph and ask. I always thought that was an interesting twist to an to an athlete's world, especially in football when you guys are wearing helmets. Nobody right. necessarily knows. However, it's you know, it's a bigger deal. Yeah, I I, I just so. think it's rude. Like if you ask someone for an autograph or a picture, you should at least know who they are. Right, it's yeah. not a hey. Let me take a picture with you. Who are you? Oh, I work at the post office. Oh, <laughs> right. My name's Dean. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I work for CNA Technology. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my business card. If I, you have any computer needs, I I'm, can help you out. I'm a Geico rep. <laughs> fifteen minutes could yeah. save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Yes. Why I, haven't you called? I, I, a true car rep as well. That would be that would be right. apropos. I just have always when you talk about autographs and just to branch off from what happened with Tiger. Yeah, such a unique situation yeah, do you, because you, 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 you can't sign, especially if you're Tiger Woods. And and this is this is this is across the pond. So this may not have been a question that he would have been asked about in the states, but the British tabloids and the British media may be the one. This is the spot where it would end up uh, going. That would be end up being brought up. So let's go live to Carnoustie. Round one is in the books of the Open Championship. He's the co-host of the Morning Drive on the Golf Channel. And I guess for this week, it's the Midnight Drive. Damon Hack joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Damon, thanks so much for coming on. Great to talk to you guys from Carnoustie proper. How are things going? Uh, it is it, it's going great. Um, I think things are going pretty well for Tiger Woods, except this autograph thing that we were just talking about but an even par round of 71 today for tiger we heard a little bit of sound from him earlier should tiger be happy with being five shots back of the lead after round one yeah considering he missed the cut last month in the u.s open considering he triple bogeyed his first hole of the national championship and birdied his first hole today uh, in the open championship uh, i think it's a night and day start Uh, you don't win the golf tournament on the Thursday, you can definitely lose it. Uh, he's right where he needs to be. You know, he was two under par. He'll be upset about giving those two shots back uh, on his back nine. But uh, he's in the golf tournament. Anywhere around even par in a major championship is a good place to start. He's right there. Is there anything uh, to be concerned about? About he had the kinetic tape on his on his neck, having a bad night's sleep. Is that something that we should keep an eye on and could hamper him moving forward? You know, when you've had four back surgeries, uh, you're always going to be concerned. Tiger is 
got a fuse back, a fuse spine. He says that he's a little bit stiff from time to time. You know, if you got the wrong pillow, you know, Jack Nicholas used to travel with his own pillow uh-huh. after having a bad night's sleep in a hotel. So uh, I don't think it's going to, you know, bother Tiger. He's a tough guy, uh, but it is something to watch. You know, so it definitely was weird seeing him with that, con- uh, that, that tape on his back, uh, on his neck while he was playing golf today. Uh-huh. But uh, Tiger's 10 years from winning his last major championship. He's going to fight and claw and scratch to make sure he can play four rounds this week. I was telling Dan, like, if I had the means and have accumulated the, the the fortune that Tiger Woods had, and I've had those surgeries and those issues, I would travel with the bed. I would have the bed and pillow delivered to wherever I was staying prior to me getting there, period. The man could have the bed, the pillow, the whole house shipped to, right. to wherever he was playing <laughs> golf to keep himself comfortable, no question about it. David Hack joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, live from Carnoustie in the first round of the Open Championship. Not to make this all about Tiger, but I did find it interesting. We know Rory McIlroy's at two under, as is Justin Thomas, John Rahm as well. But there aren't big names on this leaderboard above those players. Dustin Johnson had a really rough day. Sergio Garcia, the same. Does that put Tiger's even par round in a better light, considering how some of the bigger names fared today? I think that's a great point you make. Jordan Spieth was three under par at one point, finished one over par. Patrick Reed, Masters champion, shot 75 today. Tiger knew what he had to do today. He had to keep his ball in play. He had a disciplined game plan. Hit a lot of three woods and irons off the tee. Some people are kind of comparing his strategy to maybe how he played in 2006 when he just hit one driver on his way to winning a third Open Championship at Red uh, Hoylake Royal Liverpool. So Tiger needed to be around par today. Uh, you know, you're going to have some guys that are trying to shoot at pins now. You know, Patrick Reed, if he wants to win a second major this year, he's going to have to start going at some pins. When you start going at some pins at Carnoustie, you can often end up in the Barry Burn and making a double bogey. So, so Tiger, you know, he's, uh, he was playing chess today. Got off to a great start, was able to get to the house at even par. Uh, there will be some guys that are going to be chasing it tomorrow. And when you start chasing birdies on a major championship venue like this, you're going to run into some trouble. Uh, if Tiger wins this uh, this tournament, what does this mean for not only Tiger but for the golf world? Well, it'd be a reset, first of all, of his resumption of Jack Nicklaus's all-time major championship record. Tiger has 14, Jack has 18. It would also remind us that Tiger, even at 42, can pull a rabbit out of the hat like Ernie Els in his 40s, like Darren Clark did or Phil Mickelson in winning an Open Championship. Uh, after the age of 40. And the one thing about this championship specifically, it's kind of the older player. Tom Watson was 59 when he made it to that playoff in 2009. Greg Norman was 54 in 2008 when he got played into the final group on Sunday at Royal Birkdale. So this is a golf course where you don't have to just pound drivers. It's not a golf tournament that rewards the, the brave and the bold. It, it, it rewards the chess player. It rewards the savvy and the guile, and Tiger Woods has that in abundance. Damon Hack of the Golf Channel joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. Round two coverage airs on Golf Channel starting at 1.30 Friday morning Eastern time and goes until 4 in the afternoon Eastern time on Friday. My question, because I know you're super busy and you can take a nap and then you got to do midnight drive again tonight, Damon. <laughs> What is the schedule like when the network has 14 hours of coverage? How do you guys jockey who does what and when? And even for you, it's it's got to be even more because you've got what's going on in the pregame. What does your normal day consist of at the Open Championship? 
So this, for example, I was up at 3 this morning. I did midnight drive from 5 a.m. to 6.30 a.m., hustled over to the DirecTV van where I did five hours of first and 18th hole coverage. Basically, everybody at NBC and Golf Channel were kind of walking around the compound like zombies <laughs> and say, hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? How are you doing? Where are you going? <laughs> that kind of thing. So it's all hands on deck. Uh, this is our major now. It's on our network. It's on Golf Channel and NBC. Uh, we love being over here. This is the oldest major championship of the year. We're in the home of golf in Scotland, and we work long hours, but, but we love being here. We wouldn't have it any other way. It's one of the best weeks uh, of the year. Damon Hack of the Golf Channel. Again, coverage starting at 1.30 Eastern time Friday morning. Tiger Woods will tee off at 5.20 Eastern time for his second round. Five shots back of the lead. We appreciate the time, Damon. Rest up as much as you can and, uh, yeah, knock it out of the park the next three rounds. Appreciate it, boys. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Damon. Damon Hack. Get him on Twitter at DamonHackGC. He's E from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Huge news involving one NBA superstar. We tell you about it next. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you could recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Usually at this time in the Doug Gottlieb show, even when Doug isn't here, we like to do something called What Does the Fox Say? We've got to skip that because we've got some huge news from the NBA. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Steve DeSager, what is the latest with the association? We have breaking news from Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, on the Carmelo Anthony front that Oklahoma City has agreed to trade Anthony to Atlanta and he will be waived there and then join the team of his choice. Quote, the Houston Rockets are the forerunner. Carmelo Anthony, he reports, will get his entire nearly $28 million in the buyout and waiver. Could take a few days to work through the logistics on the deal, he says, but Melo has met with the Rockets and the Heat recently in Las Vegas. Oklahoma City picks up in return guard Dennis Schroeder, who in five years with Atlanta has been quite good. 19 points a game this past year, 18 points a game the year before, and six assists per contest each of the last two years so Carmelo Anthony 24 points a game in his career but only 16 points a game is one year in OKC is traded for now to Atlanta expected to be waived Zare Goots OKC on the Dennis Schroeder pickup I love that for them <laughs> it, it it was you knew something was going to happen when Trey Young was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks right. that backcourt weighed like 260 pounds I mean with Trey Young and Dennis Schroeder but there was no way that they were going to be able to share the basketball now Schroeder goes to Oklahoma City, but the big news is Mello. Mello right. is now out of Oklahoma City, Gone. free to go to the Houston Rockets. Uh, and I think that'll be a good pick for them. I, I think um, at this point in Carmelo's career, he doesn't have to do anything, right? He can just catch and shoot. He can create. You can let Chris Paul, you don't have to wear him down. You can have a viable option other than um, – uh, James Harden, and we saw James Harden get tired at the end of games because he does a lot of heavy lifting. And when Chris Paul went out, they really, you know, they had no answer. So I think, you know, for Carmelo, it's a good place for him to go where he doesn't have to be the third but, great guy or any, he can just be a guy. But can he be a guy? Like, is he is he physically able to put his ego aside? Now that, I don't know. And th- and that's my biggest question, and that's that's why I question what Golden State did with Boogie Cousins, what Carmelo Anthony could do with the Houston Rockets. Is 
I well, just that's don't, not the same thing, though. But I do think that I with DeMarcus Cousins, everybody's saying he's going to be motivated. He's going to be motivated to get 20 points and 10 rebounds, and I don't know if that's possible with what's around him. The so, only thing people will need to see is him come back healthy and play. Whether his point total, that, that doesn't matter on that team. And they don't need him until the All-Star break. They don't need him until December or February. So all he wants to do is get to a place where he knew it was going to be one year, right? It was no multiple offers out there, multiple-year offers out there for him. So he went to a place where he can win a championship, get that out of the way, and then show people he's healthy enough to get that max deal next year. Golden State and Houston are great at moving the basketball. Yeah. And you bring in two guys who are ball stoppers mm-hmm. on offense. But now you Not can on play, defense, but now you on can, offense. You can play a different way now. Like You can grind it out with DeMarcus Cousins now. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. More on if Melo really fits in Houston, and are they the second-best team in the West? It continues to be the wild, wild West in the NBA. Just when you thought the offseason was likely, likely going to slow down a bit, the Oklahoma City Thunder deal Carmelo Anthony and now pave the way for him to go to the Houston Rockets. Not only that, Ephraim, Dennis Schroeder, who's likely on his way out of Atlanta, now is going to Oklahoma City. We've got DeMarcus Cousins being introduced as a member of the Golden State Warriors today. What a day in the NBA. And it seems like we've said that every day for the month of July so this far. This has been a good offseason for the NBA. Usually when the NBA is over and we're rolling along in these dead zones for sport talk, you know, just baseball is on. We've been good. This year has been a good year. We've had NBA free agent frenzies. We've had the World Cup. This has been good radio. It, it's and it, it's been good for basketball fans, and it's been it's been so unique to see the different looks of these teams that we had just one month ago, or a little more than one month ago, when the NBA Finals were wrapping up. A couple of months back, just to the end of the regular season, to see how things have changed so much. I get emails when odds are updated for NBA championships or anything, really, for NFL. Maybe there's the Manny Machado is a perfect example. Manny Machado goes to the goes to the Dodgers. I get an email here that says the Manny Machado effect on the MLB odds. This coming from Bavada. So you've got updates of how things have changed in Major League Baseball just with the trade here and there. But with the NBA, it's been the same thing of constant changing of odds. Warriors, the odds-on favorite. The Celtics actually with the second-best odds to win an NBA title, followed by the Lakers. Now the Houston Rockets. You've got the Sixers and Raptors now having their odds change because mm-hmm. of the Raptors' acquisition of Kawhi Leonard, which may hurt what the Sixers do. Now you've got this deal. You have the Oklahoma City Thunders, and just looking at it, have the seventh best odds to win an NBA title this season. I almost now think that it's gone up a little bit with the the acquisition of Schroeder, even though it's not the biggest name in all of this. The biggest name is is Carmelo Anthony going to the Houston Rockets. My point being in all of this, well, this is why we, it's so crazy in the West. Right. He hasn't gone to the Rockets yet. Uh, it's it's Daryl Morey pers- said as much that, you know, that it was going to happen. He just didn't name Carmelo Anthony. So I would assume that it's likely going to happen that he'll go to the Houston Rockets. Poor Carmelo, right? 
you look at that 2003 draft class, and it's just like out of the big names in that draft class, Carmelo Anthony, who's been a prolific scorer in this league, right? But he just can't seem to lock down a championship or just constant winning, right? And he's become a lot of the reason why he's been the the scapegoat, rightly uh, accused uh, of not being the guy sometimes, and sometimes it's just, you know, poor organization. And yeah. I, I just look at him, and I'm just like, he's just – He's just floating around now. He's it. It's a player that I don't think adapted. Didn't want to adapt because mm-hmm. he still felt that he was Carmelo. And when you look at today's NBA and you look at his good buddy LeBron James, look at all the things that LeBron does on a basketball court to help his team win. Right. And I, I mean, and that's that's like what you're looking at. And when you look at Carmelo Anthony. The only thing we can say is he'll score a lot of points. Except for last year. Yeah, and then now you're like, well, how many shots That's does like, he need to, now to he can't even get do those that. points? Right. Yes. So it's it's the criticism has, in my mind, has been fair for the type of players that we applaud in the NBA. Mm-hmm. The type of two-way players. Kevin Durant where we would have an argument is Kevin Durant the the best player in the NBA is LeBron the best player to Kevin Durant's credit he really became a defensive force this year with his 7 foot in his, in his long wingspan right. of blocking shots and and adding that to his repertoire so there's another situation where a player who was already great and spectacular got better and yes. with Carmelo Anthony it just never was that case it always just Mellow, wanted to be mellow, wanted to be a Nick, wanted to be in New York in that spotlight, but he was never going to change who he was, and that's how you end up being who you are. And that's why I think it's so difficult is I just don't think he changes in Houston. Right. I, I don't I don't think they're going to get the efficiency. Even if he comes in and plays 15 minutes to get his 15 points, he's going to take a lot of shots, and I just don't think that fits with what the, what the Rockets are really all about. Yeah, and – can he be that just – can he be a guy? And I, I told people I didn't think the OKC experiment would have worked before last year because when you get three alpha ball-dominant players on one team, someone has to take a step back. Someone has to take a back seat. When, when we saw LeBron James get together with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade publicly said, hey, I'll take it. Dwayne Wade was one of the top five uh, players in the league at the time. He said, I'll take a step back. I'll sacrifice some of me and my game for the betterment of the team. This is LeBron's team now. This is at a place where Dwayne Wade was Mr. Miami. Mm-hmm. And that worked when the Boston Celtics got together, right? We saw... You know, Kevin Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce get together. And Kevin Garnett said, hey, I'll pull back a little bit. Ray Allen, I'll pull back. I'll be over here waiting to shoot. 
right? Mm-hmm. Rondo and Paul Pierce ran that show. They were ball dominant. Someone has to sacrifice their ego in order for a situation like that to work. And I just didn't see Carmelo do that in OKC. Like you said, can he do it if he ends up in Houston? I don't see it happening. What's interesting is I've been told as well with Chris Paul that Chris Paul will pass you the ball if you get, if he's going to get an assist. Right. And what that means is not that not that he's a ball hog. It's just like <laughs> if you're going to get this, you better darn well do something. You got to know with your personnel, it. right? Yeah. So Carmelo Anthony is going to be sitting there waiting for the basketball from the Houston Rockets and watch Chris Paul dribbling outside. May not get it, not and get and it. that'll be something to see on on how that chemistry works with Houston. I the the day that it happened, the day that Trevor Ariza left for the Phoenix Suns, and it's 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 not. I'm not the only one who has thought this. There's there's other people who who view it the same way as I do. It's a huge loss defensively, and what he could do on the offensive end was was a nice compliment to what they were doing. Carmelo doesn't do that. Carmelo isn't a, a slasher. Carmelo is a a chucker. Now Ariza can shoot the three. We know Carmelo likes to shoot the three, but can you do it at a high percentage? All of those are big questions. A big move in the NBA this offseason was DeMarcus Cousins and the Golden State Warriors. And I bring that up now just because I mentioned earlier, and you thought I was crazy, but I think that chemistry issues are a big issue for these teams in welcoming in Carmelo Anthony if he ends up going to the Rockets or like the Warriors welcomed in DeMarcus Cousins. Cousins was introduced today as a member of the Golden State Warriors and talked about, well, him forming a super team with Golden State. Going to be ruining the league by adding you to this team? No, we still got to go out there and play like every other player does. Why do you think that narrative is circling that building these quote-unquote super teams is ruining the league? I don't know, and I really don't care. Okay, so that's DeMarcus Cousins not caring. Yeah, I I get that. But what about what he brings to the Golden State Warriors? I bring a toughness. Uh, I bring a skill set that they said they've never had before. Uh, Rebounding, passing, able to score. I'm I'm bringing a little bit of everything and a couple of takes as well. All right, so him and Draymond Green are going to have the technical fouls that they're going to bring. Right. I like how he put it in the order of rebounding and passing and some scoring as well. It's just difficult for me to believe that he is going to change his stripes and all of a sudden become a great team player when he has free agency a year away when he really wants to cash in. I I get his talent, Ephraim. I just don't get the fit with Golden State. Well, you got to remember, it's just a rental. They they got a great player. They got an all-star player at a a, a poor man's price. How do you not do that? right? If you're Golden State Warriors, how do you not do that? Because what you now have the ability to do is – what we saw in the playoffs is with the with the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans series and the Houston Rockets series, two teams that play exceedingly fast, we saw Golden State get a little tired. The Pelicans run up and down the court. The Houston Rockets run up and down the court. And although the Golden State Warriors have made a living at that, they were forced into taking bad shots at some times, trying to keep up with the pace of those two teams. So now when you add a Boogie Cousins, you can slow it down. You really can slow it down and run a half-court offense, right? If you choose to, okay, let's change pace, right? Let's switch it up. Let's give the league a look that they haven't seen from us. 
They're not prepared to see from us. You have a guy who can give you 25 points from the low post. I have no doubt that Steve Kerr and his staff will figure out a way to utilize him. Yeah. I just wonder how long it takes for DeMarcus Cousins to be frustrated and start to want his. No. We already be- saw we already heard about maybe some behind the scenes stuff this past year when David West made the comments. I just don't know how this makes things better when everybody is kind of out for their own. But you gotta remember everybody on Golden State is not out for their own. Clay Thompson isn't out for his own. Draymond Green sacrifices his ability to score for the betterment of everybody else. The only two main scores on Golden State are uh, Curry, and Durant. Curry and Durant, right? So it's a team built on giving up something. Andre Iguodala came over, was an all-star, and came off the bench. These are guys who get to an organization and a culture where they're okay with sacrificing some things for the betterment of the team. And we don't see that at any other team Right now, with this, they have five. When Boogie Cousins is healthy, he's in that starting lineup. That's five NBA All Stars starting on one team. How does how does that not work? And you got guys. Clay may not take a shot until the third quarter, and he's okay with that. I love pepperoni pizza. I love the crust. Love the sauce. <laughs> love the cheese. Love the pepperoni. You know what else I love? Mm. Glazed donuts. You know mm. what I'm not gonna do. Put a glazed donut on my pepperoni. They pizza. have that though, you know. And, that, right? and well, <laughs> voodoo donuts. You can go well, get a pepperoni donut, I, a pepperoni I, pizza donut. That's what I think that the Golden State Warriors are doing with this, the, with the Demarcus Cousins signing. You have all these things that work so well together, and even though you like glazed donuts, you put it smack dab in the middle of a pizza, doesn't work. Well, wouldn't you eat it right after you ate the pizza? <laughs> <laughs> so that, think about the, see that doesn't work in concert. They don't work together. Think about They're the third separated. quarter. What if they say, "Hey, Demarcus, third quarter is all yours." Oh, uh, what's not gonna work? Mellow in Houston. Demarcus Cousins in Golden State. It's an answer for E from Salam. It's an answer for me for Dan Byer, and we'll ask an NBA insider that question next. What's gonna blow up in their team's face first? You'll hear that here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer sitting in for Doug today. Glad to have you with us. A busy day, not only in golf, as Tiger Woods is five shots off the lead after the first round of the Open Championship. He was at even par. Kevin Kisner is your leader at minus five. But huge news coming down in the NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder have not reached a buyout with Carmelo Anthony. Instead, trading him to the Atlanta Hawks. It ends up being a three-team deal. Sixers are involved as well. But in essence, Carmelo Anthony goes to the Hawks where he will be waived. The Oklahoma City Thunder get Dennis Schroeder, who was an all-star point guard for the Atlanta Hawks when he was playing there, expendable as they drafted Trey Young. So now Dennis Schroeder goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder and ends up playing in a backcourt with Russell Westbrook. And a front court that includes Paul George and Stephen Adams, which is a is a better fit for for him as well as uh, OKC. They had to get Carmelo out of there. Uh, it just it didn't work. Now you know the big question is where does Carmelo fit? Houston seems to be the the place. Well, that's where he wants yeah. to go. But where does he fit? Yeah, that I. The big three probably is is the best answer. Actually, I think if Carmelo looked at a team, if he went to the Lakers, I thought that a, a team like the Lakers would be a better fit. I don't think that we, – we both agree that the responsibility isn't on his shoulders for the role that he's going to play for that team. 
But if they lose, what's the what was if, if they get knocked out early in the playoffs, which I know it's we're we're ten months away from from that happening. But if the Rockets end up not making it back to the Western Conference Finals and challenging Golden State, or depending how Oklahoma City moves up, maybe they face the Warriors in a conference semifinal. So depending on how the regular season matches up, if the Rockets don't advance, it's not going to be on James Harden's. Well, it will be on Harden and Paul's shoulders, but there's going to be a lot of blame pointed at Carmelo Anthony. Well, they'll point to him because, you know, first of all, I think the Rockets got weaker. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, this offseason. So uh, Carmelo Anthony joining that is just another reason to get the fingers pointed at him if something if something goes wrong, if they don't make it uh, to at least the Western Conference Finals like they did this season. So he should take that into account. He should really take that into account in terms of where he wants to go and where he thinks he can fit in. Now, at this point in his career, I believe that he thinks he's a spot-up shooter, right? Doesn't want to do a lot of the dribbling or taking off the dribbling. Doesn't right. want to cross half court. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, in theory, Houston fits, right? Because he can just run to the corner and he can just shoot. But what we saw last year was he – couldn't shoot. Mm-hmm. Hey, he just couldn't. He didn't bring that level of scoring that we were used to him yeah. having. He's not a marksman like Kyle Corver. No, he's not. And to put yourself in that position, a true scorer tries to turn into a spot-up shooter. We saw Kobe Bryant do it in his 20th year, right? He shot more threes than anybody and missed more threes than anybody. Mm-hmm. When you're used to having the ball and scoring, then – Relegating yourself to being a spot-up shooter, it throws off your rhythm. And I think that's what we saw with Carmelo last year. Chris Broussard is an NBA insider for Fox Sports 1, and you can hear him right here on Fox Sports Radio Sundays as part of the Odd Couple with Rod Park, Rob Parker, 6 o'clock Eastern time. Chris Broussard joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? So we, we are doing well. We are now another step closer to Carmelo Anthony possibly joining the Houston Rockets as we get closer and closer. Is this a better and better idea for the Houston Rockets or an idea that keeps on getting worse? No, I think it's fine. Um, Melo going in there, he doesn't have the leverage uh, or the control um, to disrupt that team. If he if he's a disruption on a minimum salary or veterans minimum salary, then you can just send him away. And what's he gonna do? You know, like so. This is not when he went to Oklahoma City. He still thought he was a star. He has been humbled. If he's got any intelligence whatsoever, and I think he does, he can see the handwriting on the wall. Nobody wanted you except Houston. Even your good friend LeBron James isn't telling the Lakers to go get you. And so you go into Houston, you play your role. Melo has a choice. You can go out like Ray Allen or maybe Paul Pierce, which was relatively graceful. Ray Allen went out very gracefully, you know, having hit that huge shot uh, in Miami and, you know, finished his career really nicely because why? Because those two could accept a role. Gary Payton even went out gracefully. You know, he won a title in Miami. He accepted a role. Or you can go out like Allen Iverson. 
you still think to your dying day that you're the superstar you used to be. You don't want to come off the bench. You don't want to be a role player. You want to be a volume shooter still, and you get cut unceremoniously. So it's up to Melo what his choice is. But I think uh, with Chris Paul and James Harden there, two veterans that he respects, I think it'll be easier for him to kind of play a role with them uh, than it was, you know, would be in a lot of other places. So I think he'll be uh, – I think he'll be okay. Well, we didn't see that from him last year, Chris. Like, he still believed that he, he was – he thought he was the man. Right, so – Why should he think that now? It, when you benched at the end of the game. It, just, it doesn't go away from a player like that. It just doesn't you, – you don't wake up one day and like, hey, I'm going to come off the bench. He even said in, in OKC when, you know, he uh, – he opted he may, in. He said, I'm not coming off the bench. I don't know if the plan in Houston is to start or bring him off the bench. Um, he's obviously a horrible defender. He's not going to be able to <laughs> do what Ariza and Bamute were doing. Um, there will be times when they're better without him on the court because Tucker will give them more defense. And Melo's not going to stretch the floor like those guys. Right. I don't I don't think it's look, I don't think it's like some huge piece that's gonna make them better than the Warriors. But I do think he can help them if he has the right mentality. And you can. Like I said, I just mentioned Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, you know, Gary Payton, Vince Carter. You know, there's several players who've done it. Uh it's just a matter of can Melo accept the role or again, does he want to go out like an Allen Iverson? And that's no slight to AI, right? But he did go out unceremoniously, particularly for a player who was as great as he was. All right. Well, let's get off Carmelo because we don't know what he's going to do or what he's going to bring to the table. But what we do know is that Kawhi Leonard is going, as of now, to Toronto uh, via trade. What are your thoughts on that? I think, look, Toronto—they clearly wanted to get off Demar Derozan's contract, right? And they're basically saying, look, we're going to go for it for one year. Uh, and, and you know, when it doesn't – if he leaves after one year, then we'll go into rebuild mode. But they rather rebuild than be stuck with DeMar DeRozan for the next three years. Um, I see very little, if any, chance whatsoever that Kawhi stays there. So you're basically doing a one-year rental. Now, Kawhi. There's, t- there's reports that he doesn't want to go there. There's reports that he's warming up to the idea. He should be over, not overjoyed, but he should be hyped about going to Toronto because he's got to. I get it. You'd rather be in L.A., and I'm sure you know he would have rather been traded to the Lakers or the Clippers. I get that, and that's fine. But the bottom line is you're going to play the next year, at least through February and probably the whole year, in Toronto. So he should be looking at this like, number one, I'm excited because I'm getting back on the court. Number two, I'm going to the Eastern Conference. I can dominate the Eastern Conference. I'm going to a 59-win team, a team that I'm better than the guy I replaced, and we added Danny Green who's a proven veteran and champion and can shoot the ball. We, he should be looking at it like, this is my shot to dominate the East, get to the finals, 
lead a team to the finals. Remember, when he was in San Antonio, you had Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, Popovich. All of them were ahead of him, even though he was finals MVP. If he were to go to the Lakers next year, it's going to be LeBron 1, Kawhi 2. This is his chance where it's all about him for one year. I'm not saying stay there. I'm not saying think about staying there. I'm just saying you got one year in a weak conference where you can reign if you all that. So he should be like, I'm going to show people I'm the best player in the world. I'm getting this team to the finals, and then we're going to do something when we get there. That's how I think he should be looking at it. Chris Bruce, our NBA insider, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's here from Salama. I'm Dan Byers. We're in for Doug today. Chris, I'm going to just tell you my analogy I used earlier as Ephraim and I discussed with Kawhi and the Raptors. Two parties just got out of long relationships, maybe not the best ending, use each other as a rebound, and then move on from there. Is that fair? Is that a way to use each other for whatever needs you have for the next year and then move on and, and, and go your separate ways? Is that a, a fair way to look at this deal? Very fair. Very fair. It's like you got out of a long relationship, now you're going to go out and kick it for a year. Yep. Yeah, that's all no, it is. No ties. No listen, listen to this. Hold on, Chris. Lift it up. Sow your wild oats for one year. <laughs> Hold on. Well, when you do that, do you go hang out and sow your wild oats with the four? Right? When when a, when a 10 is on the table and you think you, that's Toronto's where you want to go. Toronto's not a four. In his mind, Toronto's a four. But they're not. They're 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 – they're one of the elite teams in the East. They won 59 last year. Yeah, but and and got better with him and Danny Green. You you're right. They did get better, and all of that is right. But coming from a person who's exhibited, you know, a different sort of mentality, right? We saw a different side of Kawhi Leonard this year in terms of his openness or lack thereof, and his ability to to make a, a bad situation worse. So now you put him in a place where he doesn't want to be, right? When it's beautiful up there right now, but in no, a, in I a, in agree. A, I agree with you in that I'm I'm not saying that Kawhi feels the way I'm saying, right? Or as this, and I'm saying this is the way he, he should. should yes, feel right, about it. right. He should. You know, I get it. He he's not happy. Of course, he don't want to go to Toronto. <laughs> Number one, it's outside of the country. Number two, it's cold during basketball season. He wants to be home in L.A. I get all that. But I'm saying make the best of it. And when you really look at it objectively, I think it could be a great situation for him. Well, let's hope he has that mindset. I, I don't know. I don't know if he does. I think he had his heart set on going to Los Angeles. I think the Spurs sent him up there the furthest place they could possibly send him <laughs> outside yeah, of the country. They, they literally sent him to a basketball Siberia. Right, and that's not going – mentally, that's not going to bode well for him. He's already he in a fragile a mental – Right. He doesn't have I, a choice. You know, it's like, look, dude, at some – like all this stuff about sitting out. He ain't sitting out. Of course Number not. one, he would be giving up $20 million. Number two, he might not even be able to be a free agent next summer if he sat out the year. Number three, you have to show some people that you really want to play basketball. I mean, if he sat out, that would be ridiculous. And and that's what I'm saying. He should look at it like, hey, I got one year to do my thing. And I'm leaving, but I'm going to do this thing for one year, see 
see how far we can go. Got nothing to lose. And he needs to prove to people he can still be a top five player. Because that's the question. Is he still a top five player? Or he's more like a top 15, top 20 player? He's Chris Broussard, our NBA insider, answering those questions and a whole lot more Sundays at 6 o'clock Eastern time with Rob Parker. They are the odd couple. Find Chris on Twitter at Chris underscore Broussard. Chris, have a great weekend. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Chris. All right, guys. I enjoyed it. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. And a new game, a new game comes up next. And I ask you, the listener, can you find the salami? That next after Steve DeSager gives us the latest on what's happening in golf and a crazy day in the NBA. We'll start with hoops as Oklahoma City does agree to trade Carmelo Anthony to Atlanta where he's expected to be waived according to ESPN. Oklahoma City gets guard Dennis Schroeder who averaged 19.6 assists last year. The Celtics re-signed guard Marcus Smart reportedly four years, $52 million. He met with the team in Boston today. Smart averaged 10 points a game again last season, missing nearly 30 games due to hand injuries. And the Mavericks plan to finalize a one-year deal with Dirk Nowitzki worth $5 million, according to Yahoo, which also reports Dallas agreed to a two-year deal with guard Yogi Ferrell. At the British Open, Tiger Woods shot an even par 71. That's good enough for a tie for 32nd place, tied with Adam Scott, Jason Day, and others. From the U.S., Kevin Kisner leads this major by one stroke after shooting a 5-under 66. Dustin Johnson with a 76. He's ranked number one in the world. The Dolphins, in a new team policy, say players of theirs who protest on the field during the anthem could be suspended up to four games. The Falcons told wide receiver Julio Jones he will not be getting a raise in salary. Atlanta's report date for training camp is about a week away. Clemson approved a five-year deal for defensive coordinator Brent Venables, worth over $11.5 million, largest overall for an assistant in college football. Clemson also gave basketball coach Brad Brownell a new six-year contract. His average salary will go up to two and a half mil per year. The Cleveland Indians acquired all-star closer Brad Hand from the Padres. The Cubs have placed closer Brandon Morrow on the DL with biceps inflammation. Chicago is hosting the lone MLB game tonight, hosting the rival Cardinals. Most of Major League Baseball still on All-Star break. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's from Salam. I'm Dan Byer, and it's time to unveil a brand new game. Where's my grand salam? It's time for... When they make stamps that taste like salami and cheese, I'll start collecting them. Salami! Now, here's your host. I'm a pretty fussy eater. Dan Byer. Ah, the game is Salami. Welcome in. That is Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Byer. We got a lot of music going, a lot of bands here, and we've got John Ramos. John, are you excited to be the first ever contestant on the game show Salami? Dan, it's good to be here with you and Ephraim. All right. Are you excited to be the first ever contestant on Salami? Yes, I am. We need more excitement out of you, okay? Here's here's how I'm the doing multitasking. So. Here's how the game is going to work. It is up to John Ramos to decipher whether this story about football past happened to Salam or me. That is what John Ramos is going to have to figure out. And there is one scenario that happened to the both of us. That is your Salami. Are you ready to play, John? Guys, I'm excited and ready to go. There we go. All right, a maximum score of eight is is on the line here. Let's start out, John. Who didn't wear a mouthpiece when playing football? Was that Salam, 
me, or salami? I would say it's salam. That is correct. Yes, it yeah. is. You didn't wear a mouthpiece? He's big. Uh, we played, we had the no huddle in college at San Diego State, and I just got tired of taking the mouthpiece out of my mouth <laughs> and, and trying to catch my breath. Uh, so I played, and then one game I almost bit my tongue off. So, oh. yeah. That, uh, <laughs> I don't want that. Oh, that. Ouch. Mouthful of blood, right? Yeah. Not a good one. All right, John. One for one here on Salami. Let's see if you know this situation. Is it Salam, me, or Salami was part of a winless football team his junior year in high school? That would be me. That is correct. Yeah. It did happen to me. <laughs> oh and 9 only competitive yeah. in two wow. games. Otherwise, we were blown out in all the rest. All right. Let's move on in this game of Salami. Who once filled a teammate's car up with popcorn? <laughs> Maybe a homecoming prank. Yes. Maybe uh maybe a rookie hazing prank. <laughs> this one's tough. How about salami? No, no. it's just salam. It's just, just salam. Who'd you do that to? Kettle corn, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, the sticky stuff. Corn. The sticky stuff. Oh, jeez. How many? <laughs> a lot. Oh, oh man. A lot. A lot of popcornopolis cones oh. for that one. <laughs> All right. Is it Salam, me, or Salami that would eat three Burger King chicken sandwiches after a football game? Oh, my God. I'm going to say Salam. That would be me. Yes. Yes. Hey, the metabolism was running back then. I guess so. Wow. They were each $2, six bucks. Six bucks. So, John, (laughs) two for four so far in Salami. Oh, boy. All right, John. Who didn't wear a cup in high school? I would say salam. That's your salami. Yes. Neither of us. Yep. Does he get half a point for that? Yeah. (laughs) That's where you would have found the salami. But yes, both (laughs) me and Ephraim, no cups. No cup on this salami. Did you ever, did you you ever, uh, Ever come close to rethinking that decision? Oh, I did. I got uh, speared in the nether regions. Oh, geez. and it changed my life. <laughs> All right, John, are you ready? Oh, there's more. Okay, yeah, there's more salami. <laughs> okay. Who once had his football pants fall down while running for a touchdown? Is that Salam or me? Since the salami is off yeah, the board, salami's gone. Uh, I would say it would be me. That is correct. Yes. yes. I didn't, they didn't fall all the way down, but I was running for a touchdown, and I had to tighten the belt every five yards because you, otherwise they would have. Did you score? No. Oh. No. Brought down at about the 22-yard line. Coach said, "Why did you? how did you get caught from behind? The pants were falling. The pants were falling. Did you get that Shame. one right? You got that one right. Three for six. Final one, John, in Salami. Once had a coach allow a player to always be late for team meetings. Oh, that's not good. Maybe a coach's son. Yeah. Maybe a star player. Well, I would say Salam. That is yes. correct. Four points Way is your to go. final total. That was Bob Whitfield, Atlanta Falcons. Dan Reeves was our head coach. Every day, every morning, our team meeting. 
Bob would be late, and we would Dan Reeves would hold the meeting until he came in, and then once he came in, they would they would exchange verbal insults in front of everybody, and then we got back to business as usual. We went to the Super Bowl that year, by the way. <laughs> we'll see if Dan Reeves can find the salami next time on Celebrity Salami here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, good job, John. That was a That's great pretty job. Good, man. Yeah, four of seven. That's a fun game to play. I hope we can do it again sometime soon. All right. Keep our fingers crossed. Hey, can never have too much salami. To find <laughs> the salami. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. Get Ephraim at Ephraim Salam. And if you want to find John Ramos, it's as simple as JS Ramos 06. One NFL team is taking a stand. If players kneel during the National Anthem, we'll tell you that team next on Fox Sports Radio. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today. Glad to have you with us on a busy day and to get us caught up to date on that and a whole lot more. It's our good friend Steve DeSager. The Press. Steve, before you dive into the headlines, I want to let you and everyone else know that car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Well, guys, we talked about the anthem policy over the past year plus in the NFL. In fact, the league had stated in May that teams would be fined if players didn't stand during the Star-Spangled Banner while on the field. Now AP has gotten a hold of something from the Miami Dolphins under the heading Proper Anthem Conduct. Dolphins players who protest on the field during the National Anthem could be suspended for up to four games under a new team policy apparently issued this week. You know, the league what was yeah leaving it up to the teams to come up with their own policy. So now, we don't know how other teams, but this came out regarding the Dolphins. Sure, sure. Uh, I wish that every single player on that team would take a knee and let them suspend the, the whole, whole team, yeah. team for four games. Right. I think their message would come across loud and clear at that point. Right. And I think it's a travesty that we even have to go down this road. First of all, the NFL blew it by implementing that rule. And now teams uh, are are losing their mind. It's, it's, it's out of control. It's, 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 it's truly sad to see that we're at this state of something that was never intended to be anti-America, anti Yeah, I don't want to say that it was going away because it's not the right term. It seemed that the conversation and the actions were going in a different direction. Right. Right? Right. To what we actually needed to talk about. And then we had uh, Mr. Trump attack the NFL and the players. We had the owners fake like they cared. And then they come and implement a rule that pretty much sided with uh, Mr. Trump. Now, ESPN claims that the Dolphins have not finalized any objective discipline measures for protesting, but they did submit this annual discipline schedule. That's required by the league at date set in conjunction with when you open camp, which is very soon. I would say this policy, if you're a free agent, would affect you wanting to go to Miami Dolphins. Absolutely. Absolutely. It would change my mind immediately. It could be five or ten other teams that have this. It's just... AP got a hold of the Dolphins list. Sure. And there's included possible suspensions. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just, you know, I I think they've missed the point altogether 
and now they just have to ride it out till the end of the road, till they crash into the ravine. What what, what would be the what would be the odds of all fifty three players kneeling? Zero. 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 It's not that much unity anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anywhere yeah. on the planet Earth. This show, right, John? No, just kidding. Can we agree to yeah. go to story two? Sure. Here? Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, unity. Hey. Brittany Linscombe in the news today, an eight-time LPGA Tour winner, two majors. She is now the fifth female golfer ever to play at a PGA Tour event. Yes, the British Open's going on overseas. PGA has an event in Kentucky. So how'd she do in round one today? Tied for last place, six over par, 78. Tied for 131st. All right. That uh, misthought that. But it's not like she's 10 shots out of second to last right. place. Like she's, As you said, tied for last. There's other players a decent round tomorrow. She won't make the cut, but hey, to compete with these guys on the PGA Tour to 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 do that and not get blown out of the water, I think is an accomplishment. We'll see how it ends up. And we'll get to details tomorrow. We're going to have to shove this another day, but the Forbes annual list of most valuable sports teams, Dallas Cowboys, number one still, well over $4 oh, billion dollars the wow. worth. They finally won something. <laughs> no matter. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. You know, we started off the show arguing about if Tiger would win, if it'd be the biggest sports story of the year. I yes. think it would be. And I got some flack from Philly fans because I was downgrading the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a top five event. I don't know if it's top three. I think the NBA trumps it. But Tiger would trump them all, Ephraim. False. Trust me on that. False narrative. Traveling for college hoops this year? Pro tip, stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball. Just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns, and get this, you can save up to 30% off with the code Doug. That's my name, Doug. Good at any graduate hotel location, anytime up to 30% off. So, here's what you do. Book your stays at graduatehotels.com. That's graduatehotels.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free 